Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. And took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. From our text, it's easy to see that Joseph was a man of compassion, a man of integrity, a man of decency, and a man of love. He was a man who honored God's will in his life, and he was totally committed to doing God's will. Joseph was a humble man who was more concerned about doing God's will than doing his own will. Joseph was a humble man that was chosen for a heavenly mission. As I read this passage, I can see a man who possesses certain quality, quality traits, certain characteristics that make him a special man. Joseph was the teenage boy that my parents never had, but probably always wanted, because Joseph was a man of few words, and I wasn't. I was a teenager that liked to talk a lot. Joseph was a man a few words. Actually, Joseph reminds me of LeBron James. Do we have any Cleveland Cavs fans? LeBron James fans? Well, we got a boo. <laughs> and she punched him. That's great. LeBron James has won three NBA championships, four NBA Most Valuable Player awards, three NBA Finals MVP awards, two Olympic gold medals, an NBA scoring title, NBA Rookie of the Year. He scored 61 points in a single game. And LeBron James in a press conference was asked, why don't you trash talk? Why don't you get involved with all that with the other guys on the court? And he simply said, I let my game do all the talking. And in the life of Joseph, he was a man of few words, but he let his game, his actions do all the talking. He allowed his actions to speak loud. In fact, the Bible doesn't record a single word that Joseph spoke. Have you realized that? Not a single word that Joseph spoke is recorded in his word. Yet he made a huge impact. Joseph found himself in a place and position that none of us would ever want to be in. Joseph found himself in a conundrum. Joseph was a man handpicked and personally prepared by God for a special mission. However, his life was not without trials. It wasn't without tragedies. It wasn't Uh, without difficult things that he went through. In fact, Joseph faced and Joseph weathered many storms that would probably derail us today. This is what Joseph went through. Joseph's conundrum consisted of a shocking discovery. A shocking discovery. This shocking discovery is found in verse 18. We read it. At the end of that, it says, She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. You see, there's three stages of the betrothal process. I struggle with that word, so I may say engagement. But there's three 
uh, process, there's three steps that you go through during the, the Jewish tradition of the betrothal process. One is the contracting stage. This is where it all begins. This involved paying a sum to marry a man's daughter. The bride's father and the groom would negotiate a price, and once agreed upon, they would actually sign a contract. That price could be money, that price could be land, it could be livestock. Um, I had neither, so I'm glad my wife took a ring. So I'm glad she chose that. Her dad would have been hard to bargain with. He's Italian, and he always pulls out the godfather voice on me. So, so I'm glad we did not go through the contracting stage. The betrothal period was for all intents and purposes just like the marriage, except for the fact that they did not live together. Actually, the contracting period, once they agreed upon the contract, they would wait one year, one year before their union was official and husband and wife would leave their families and they would become together as one. The second portion of this is the claiming period. This is when the groom would come and call for his bride. He would meet the father of the bride, and he would, at this time, the father, give the daughter away. So they would go through the contract. They would agree upon the negotiation. They would sign the contract. Joseph would then do his one year's time. He would then go claim his bride, the father willingly giving her away. He had fulfilled his end of the contract. Now, step three is the celebration This would usually last for seven days and both sides of the family would come together to celebrate with the newlyweds. However, as we uh, recall this morning, Luke's account in Luke chapter 1. Let's go there. Luke chapter 1 and verse 56 is what we'll look at. In Luke chapter 1, to give you a little background, you may recall already, but to give you some background, the angel Gabriel has already gone to Mary in Luke chapter 1. And has said, you will be with child of the Holy Ghost. It will not just be a son. It will be God's son. You will call him Jesus, Emmanuel. She then goes to Elizabeth, her cousin. And she stays three months. And Mary abode with her about three months. And returned to her own house. So Mary is now three months pregnant. And I don't know how you guys maybe recall your wife's being three months pregnant. But I I remember uh, morning sickness is in full effect. Um, her appetite, her eating more is definitely in full effect. Uh, the maternity clothes are a must-have at this time. So Joseph, if you can picture with me, he's gone through the contracting stage. They've agreed upon it. He's fulfilled his end now. The time has now passed, and now it's time for them to come together. A time that should have been a time of celebration. A time for seven days where families come together united, and they celebrate their marriage. And Joseph, what does he find? He finds Mary pregnant. Joseph, per custom, is expecting to see his young bride after going through a year of the betrothal process. He has gone through the, con- the contracting stage. He has fulfilled his end of the agreement. He is now ready to claim Mary as his wife and celebrate with friends and family. And he finds that she is three months pregnant. Joseph found out that she was with child from the Holy Ghost in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1, which we read. Joseph's conundrum consisted of a shocking discovery, but it also consisted of shattered dreams. No doubt, like most men, Joseph was looking forward to the day when he and Mary would be united in marriage and they would have their own family. This was his dream. Then like a cruel slap in the face came the news that she is pregnant. 
his dreams are shattered. For a time, it must have felt like his heart had been ripped from his chest. His mind is probably racing. What did I do wrong? Or why does she look elsewhere? Or who would she run to? And who was she with? And why? His dreams shattered. He was hurt. He was probably felt betrayed, deceived, misled. He felt abandoned. The life that he had all mapped out is now nothing but a mess. His dreams were shattered. And now Joseph is stuck with a sad decision. Because Joseph, we see, is a just man. Matthew 1, chapter 19, we read it a moment ago. Joseph, her husband, being a just man. That word just means that he is righteous. And that he is one who kept the laws. Joseph, his entire life, has been taught the laws. Joseph, his entire life, has tried to follow the laws as best as he can. And now he's in a position where he's not sure what to do. Because Old Testament law in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 20 through 21. Can you put that up there for me? Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 20 through 21. Read. But if this thing be true, and the tokens of virginity be not found for the damsel, then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house, and the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she die, because she hath wrought folly in Israel to play the whore in her father's house. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. So imagine Joseph. Joseph, all he's known is the law. That's what he's practiced. And he finds his uh, betrothed wife. Agreement has been fulfilled. And now she's three months pregnant. The law says that he should bring her out in front of her father's house, the house that she was given away from. And she should be stoned. He had a sad decision. He had another option in Deuteronomy 24 verse 1. says that you can just give a bill of divorcement and send her away. If for a reason of uncleanliness. When a man hath taken a wife and married her. And it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes. Because he hath found some uncleanliness in her. Then let him write a bill of divorcement. And give it in her hand and send her out of his house. So Joseph understands the law. Joseph's life has just been shattered. Joseph has a sad decision. Option one, do I bring her out forward and do I have her stoned? Option two, should I just divorce her? Joseph begins to meditate and I believe pray on these things and think about what the best option is. Joseph determines that he does not want to embarrass Mary and he does not want to see her stoned to death. So he puts her away privately and waits on the Lord. What a true portrait of the harsh reality of life. We map out our life. We plan it the way we want it to go. Who we're going to marry. What college we're going to go to. What scholarships we're going to get. What job and career we're going to have. And things change. That's how life is sometimes. However, God works on our behalf. You see, our God works out His will in our lives in ways that we cannot even begin to comprehend. Often the way we look at life is like a parade. We're standing on the street and there's two tall buildings next to us and you can see what's right in front of you, right? For me, sometimes it's hard to see that. I have to get on my wife's shoulders and then I can see what's right in front of me. You can look to the right and you can't really see anything. To the left, you can't see too much. You know what just went by so you can think about the past and meditate about the last float that went by. But all you can focus on is what's right in front of you. You can't see the future. 
You can't see what's coming. You can focus on what's right there. However, if you were to climb the building and get on top of one of those tall buildings, you could see the whole parade. The end, the middle, the beginning. That's where God sits. God sees it all. God works on our behalf. He knows exactly what's coming. Don't worry about what's in the future. God has it under control. We see events passing one by one. God sits high and exalted. The best thing we can ever learn to do is to simply trust him to bring the best into our lives. Right now in front of your face, the portion of the parade that you may see, it may be heartbreak. The portion that you may see, it may be shattered dreams. The portion that you may see may just leave you asking God why. But God knows what's coming right next for you. You may not see it, but God does. God knows what's coming next. God knows how he will use your current situation for his glory. God knows how he'll grow your faith through your circumstances. God knows how he'll use it for his plan for your life. God's plan for us oftentimes are not what we would have chosen for ourselves. But God's plans are always the best, even when they hurt us deeply. You see, Joseph didn't have Romans 8.28 to fall back on. But thankfully, we do. Romans 8.28, you all know it. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I love the word know, the, the uh, third letter in this verse, the word know. We don't have to think that all things are going to work together for good. We don't have to hope. We know that all things work together for good. I love the promise that God gives. See, Joseph found himself in quite the conundrum. But then he received a call. A call. In the middle of his dreams being shattered, God placed a call upon him. The call consisted or involved divine revelations. Joseph, in a dream, is told that Mary does not carry just an ordinary child, but Mary carries Jesus, the Son of God. And he is told this by the angel of the Lord. God, in a very special and unique way, explained to Joseph that Mary didn't mess up, but God is simply at work and is using Mary to fulfill prophecy. His call involved definite requirements. I love how clear God is. I love that God gives us a call in our lives and he tells us how to accomplish that. In the life of Joseph, in verse 20 and 21... He says, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So God says, go ahead and marry her. That's his requirement, his step that he should take. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. His next instruction is to name the child Jesus. He placed a special call in his life, and told him how he could fulfill that calling. His call involved delightful realizations. After hearing what is required in his task, Joseph learns the amazing truth. The truth that the baby that Mary carries is Jesus, the Son of God. For thousands of years, the faithful have been looking down the corridors of time, waiting for the moment when God would send his Redeemer, his Messiah, into the world. Throughout the Old Testament years, every lamb that was slain pointed ahead to this sacrificial lamb who was being formed in the womb of Mary. All the prophets looked ahead to this glorious moment. In, in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give a sign. 
Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. They dreamed of the day that they would meet the one that they would call Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. All of creation dreamed of the day when this child would come and deliver this world from sin. Could you imagine Joseph so far? I can't believe Mary has done this. My dreams are shattered. I can't believe I'm in this situation. I can't believe I have this problem in my life. And now he's beginning to realize, with the help of God and the angel that he sent, he's beginning to realize that this is a very unique situation. God has chosen us. God is going to use us to father Jesus Christ. What a crazy realization that he's had. You see, when Joseph first discovered that Mary was pregnant, and when his dreams were shed, shattered and he contemplated divorcing Mary or even worse stoning her he could have never seen this coming he could have never seen that God would choose a a scared teenage girl from a small town and a lowly carpenter like Jesus I love the picture we had on the stage last week with the manger and the cross it doesn't make sense that the manger is where Jesus started but when we're on that end looking there we understand it and in my own life I've been in situations where I see God work time and time again. Oftentimes, I'm reminded of Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. In my life, there's times that I've wondered, God, why didn't you let me get that job? God, why didn't I receive that promotion? God, why did that relationship break down? God, why has this happened? And time and time again, I see that God was working on my behalf, that I couldn't see the rest of the parade, that I couldn't see what was going on, but God had it all figured out. When I finished uh, college in California, um, Susan and I, we were engaged to be married, not married, and we did not receive any type of ministry opportunities right off the bat. As far as full-time ministry, um, I studied youth ministry, and I knew that God had placed a calling on my life to be in youth ministry, to work with teenagers, And um, however, there was certain areas that I needed to grow and God just decided at that time, it's not time. It's not time for you to have a ministry position. So we moved from California to Mississippi where my folks lived and um, we saved up money for a wedding, got married and we both worked a job. We worked at AT AT&T. Isn't it funny? Pastor Chris worked at Verizon. I worked at AT AT&T. AT&T is better. No, just kidding. I have Verizon now. I don't really care. I really don't. But I worked there. And uh, my wife worked there. We actually had the same job. We did technical support. And uh, a lot of older people would call and ask how to use Facebook all the time. People like Robin Rice. (laughs) My picture won't upload. Uh, You got to just press the button, Robin. So anyways, that's what we did. And we served at a church, a church in Mississippi, and we worked with the teenagers, and I was able to work with the junior high class a lot, and that burning desire to be in full-time ministry was just always there. And I began to grow impatient, and AT&T, I just, I just wasn't really getting the fulfillment that I wanted because I knew that's not what God had for me. And so I began to grow impatient and try to use some of my own personal connections to maybe try to get a job at a church somewhere. And there was a church in Florida, and it kind of started rolling, and we seemed like we were going to maybe go there for an official interview, and we were pretty excited about it. It was in a a retirement area right on the beach around Tampa, a lot different than Columbus, Ohio, a lot different. 
And we were very excited about it. Actually, one of my good friends, he was only an hour away from me. So we, he's a youth pastor. I was going to be a youth pastor there. So we were already planning um, teen activities together. And we were pumped about the possibility. And I began to pray, God, if this is not what you would have for us, just close the door. Just close the door. And sure enough, a couple days later, God closed the door. I was really pumped about it. My dreams just seemed shattered. I thought that's where God would have us go. I found out about six months later that actually there was an issue with the deacons there and things, and the pastor no longer had a job, and none of the staff there had a job. At the time, my life and my dreams were shattered. That's what I thought I wanted, but God knew better. A few months later, I had a connection in Alabama with a friend, and His father's church was looking for a youth pastor, and God took us to Alabama. My wife was able to teach in the school, and we were in a little town called Hartzell, Alabama. If you didn't know, that's a town over from where Pastor Tony and Pastor Dave grew up, which is very weird. Very weird. There's still, like, horror stories of those boys in that area. No, I don't don't know. I haven't heard too much. Not too much. But we were serving there, and... There was a a time where some things came up and there just wasn't a lot of peace in my heart anymore about staying there long term. And I began to kind of look ahead to the future and see what God would have for us. And my wife very kindly said, I'm not moving. We just got here. We were literally there maybe eight months. We just probably unpacked the last box and finally got curtains up because it takes me a long time to get curtains up. And I just couldn't believe the work that God was doing in my heart that this maybe just isn't the place for us long term. And I began to pray and just said, God, I'm not going to do anything as far as putting my resume out there. I'm going to wait on you. And if you would like us to move, you will need to change my wife's heart. Well, a couple weeks later, I had a friend from Las Vegas that I went to college with. He came to our area. We got lunch and I just began to kind of share my heart with him. We reconnected. And a couple weeks later from that date, he went to Cincinnati And in Cincinnati, he was in a conference with our pastoral staff, and they got to know each other, and he just shared my name, just shared my name, that was all. And um, a couple weeks later, on a Thursday morning, my wife said, you know, I've been thinking, and if God were to open up a door at a church where we just feel like it's at home, I'm willing to go. And wouldn't you know that that's the same day that Pastor Tony contacted me, and we started talking. And God brought us here. What's even more bizarre is his nephew, Riley, was in my PE class. And a couple weeks before that, we had a -a bike-a-thon to raise money, and I got a big hole in the back of my pants. It was very embarrassing. And uh, his sister saw that and said, hey, here's a card for Alterations Plus. That's where his mom, that's her, her shop. I really had no idea of any of these connections. And God worked it all out. Looking back at college six years ago, God, why am I not in a ministry position? This is what I trained for. Why haven't you put me in a position? Just wait. You may not understand it now, just like Joseph didn't understand what he was going through. God, that's my dream. I floored him around my best friend. That sounds great. That's not it. That's not what I have for you. Alabama, that's not it. This is it. This is my plan for you. And in Joseph's life, He could not see what God was doing. When he first saw Mary with that baby bump at three months, man, Joseph's dreams were shattered. A conundrum. 
But God placed a special calling on his life and he led him through it all. A conundrum, a call, and lastly, his character. The real test of maturity is not what a person faces in life, nor is it revealed when what they are called on to do. The real evidence of a person's character is seen in what they do with what they are handed. The real test of your character is doing the best with what you're handed. We recognize Joseph's character as we see his compliance. In verse 24 of Matthew chapter 1, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. Exactly as God wanted him to do, he complied, he obeyed, he didn't hesitate, he obeyed. As soon as he awoke, he rose and carried out the command of the Lord. There is no doubt that people talked about this young couple. They talked about how they were unable and unwilling to wait until marriage. But Joseph feared God more than man. Joseph showed compliance and Joseph showed commitment. In verse 25, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. Even when he took Mary into his home, he refrained himself from physical contact with her. Joseph was willing to place his own desires, needs, and rights on the back burner. He was committed to God's will being accomplished. And he also completed it. He completed the task. In the end of that verse, and he called his name Jesus. When the child was born, Joseph took the next step of faith and he named the child Jesus, just as he had been commanded by the angel. As far as we know, Joseph never faltered as he perfectly carried out the commands of God for his life. Even though they had to go miles and miles away, have Mary on a donkey, although there was no place for them to go, no room in the inn, Joseph never faltered. He completed the task that he was given. No doubt Joseph was very involved in the life and training of Jesus as a young man. God took a poor, humble carpenter and he used him to do something amazing. And did you know that God is still looking for people today. God is still looking for individuals who will follow him in spite of the tragedies in life. He is looking for people who will take care of the tasks that he assigns them to. He is looking for people who possess the right kind of testimony and are willing to be a little uncomfortable for Jesus. He is looking for individuals like Joseph. He was a man of few words, but a man who made a huge difference.